You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Hello and welcome to Nick Luck Daily, the show that brings you the latest news and the sharpest insight from around the world of horse racing. It is Tuesday, the 28th of September. Tom Stanley in for Nick. He's off at Goffs for the Orby sale over the next couple of days. We'll return to this podcast on Thursday. Today, plenty to discuss. We'll be talking about the Orby sale. We'll also speak to Jane Chapel Hyam about Saffron Beach's run in the Kingdom of Bahrain Sun Chariot at Newmarket this weekend. We will be talking about the ARC. We now know the 16 confirmations for the ARC. Well, 14 confirmations, two we know that are likely to be added to the race. But first of all, news breaking yesterday. That's Mark's Basilica. The brilliant unbeaten colt this year has been retired to stud with immediate effect. Jane Mangan joins me now, RTE, RTV and now ITV broadcaster to discuss this. First of all, Jane, did this news come as a surprise to you? It didn't really, Tom. Um, I was in Leopardstown for his his showdown with Turnau and Poetic Flair, and it was said even on that occasion as he crossed the line, did he really have anything left to prove? And I personally thought the answer was no. Uh, he's obviously a very valuable commodity, and everybody will have their own take on this horse. Aiden has waxed lyrical, and I'm sure everybody at Coolmore is really looking forward to him as a breeding prospect. But for me, St. Mark's Basilica will always be that horse who when the crowds eventually returned to Irish racetracks, when the turnstiles were finally busy again at Leopardstown, himself, Poetic Flair and Tarnawa served up a treat in the last two furlongs of the Irish Champion Stakes, which really reminded us and really got the hairs in the back of your neck standing as to why we love this sport. And it was everything the Irish public deserved when they finally got their opportunity to come back to the races. And yet there will be some, Jane, who say why we don't love this sport and what we don't love about this sport is a three-year-old, joint top of the, the, the horse rankings, now being retired to stud when perhaps this year, and goodness knows, even next year where he'd be allowed to race, he'd have had a lot more to offer. Perhaps everybody would have their view. I remember this conversation with Frank Hill before he said, down in training as a four-year-old but this is the real world and he is a very valuable commodity in a year when timing is everything lest we forget not that long ago Galileo departed the stallion ranks and left a massive void and this guy with his blood combined that with Siuni he's a brother to a guineas winner he ticks an awful lot of boxes and um, look he was a 1.3 million uh, yearling it's it's obviously he's got the, the looks to match and Bob Scarborough can take a lot of pride in what he has produced in this horse and um, I, I thought for me he was always he's a very impressive horse with his turn of speed yes he relaxed yes he raced obviously very professionally good horses generally do but very few if any horse could match his turn of speed and that for me was his I suppose put everything to bed very quickly and that that's a lethal weapon for a horse not every horse has that and particularly very few have um, the injection of pace that he, he showed this year in France in the Eclipse and at Leopardstown. It was a joy to watch him. 
And you, you reference how good a horse he was. Um, Aidan O'Brien has described St. Mark's Basilica as possibly the best horse we've ever had in Ballydore. What do you make of those comments? That is very much Aidan's view. We've all been in awe of different horses from Ballydoyle down through the years. I grew up with, I think one of my earliest racing memories is, is High Chaparral dead heating in the Breeders' Cup. You have Rock of Gibraltar there, Star Myler, Stravinsky, Star Sprinter. So everybody's their own view and Aidan's entitled to his. But this horse, I'd say in degree of importance, is probably one of the most important horses to come out of Ballydoyle in terms of bloodline, in terms of race record and in terms of timing. So Max Basilica, I would imagine, is going to be a very lucky boy because he's going to benefit from a lot of mares who would have been going to the perennial Galileo. They'll now come in his direction and what a start that will be for a young sire at stud. Right, Jane, the ARC confirmation stage has passed and we have a current field of 16 headed by Tanawa, Adiar Hurricane Lane, the Charlie Appleby duo, Snowfall, Chronogenesis, Deep Bond, Rabia, Teona, Alan Kerr, Love, Sealaway, Broom, Mojo Star, Torquato Tasso, Baby Rider, Bubble, Gif. Any surprises in there for you, Jane? Not particularly. Of course, a day and snowfall have to be added to the race yet. €120,000 uh, price tag to add the pair of them to the race. Uh, snowfall is still short enough for a filly who was beaten last time, but the times of the Vermai were quite good. If you see the last two furlongs, she was impressive in that. Uh, Chronogenesis, perhaps the value of the race for me so far, just looking at the market, I think he, she's somewhere around 10 to 1. She's. Um, I like when a, a race has been a plan for a very very long time. I know the race has been a plan for Taranawa since she won the Breeders' Cup, but Chronogenesis, how long has Oshin Murphy been booked for this filly? Um, I'm sure all of Japan getting behind herself in Deep Bond, who's likely to ensure a strong pace because he stays very well. And that will ensure that we have a fair race. Adair, we, we've seen before, he can be keen. We don't want him to over-race and run himself into the ground. He was keen in the King George and won in spite of that. But he's entitled to be fresh. He hasn't been seen for quite a long time. Hurricane Lane stays very well, as we know. Um, and look, this time last year, we were talking about contaminated feed and whether Bally Doyle and Joshua O'Brien and various other trainers, whether they'd be able to take part. That was a mess last year. So hopefully we'll have a nice clean run up to this year's arc. The 100th renewal of the race. And um, I still think Tarnawa is the most obvious favourite for me. What she did over probably in an inadequate trip on quick ground at Leopardstown was very taking and then for her trainer to suggest on the day that there was still a little bit left to work on I was at the Courier to see search for a song come good he's, an, he's a genius with Phillies Dermot Weld and um, her form has just been rock solid More on the arc now with Nick Well what about the home team for the Qatar Prix de la Triomphe this year uh, you could make a, a very good case that that's headed by Sealyway, who was so impressive on Arc Day last year and has had quite a quiet campaign as a three-year-old, but might just be coming to the boil at the right time. Pauline Cheboub represents uh, Arad de la Gousserie, who own uh, this horse, and also Scazino, who is set to run in the Prix de Cadran this weekend. Uh, Pauline, how is Sealyway and how excited are you for the weekend? We are very exciting for the weekend because it will be a big weekend for us. Uh, for the first time, we have a runner in the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. So, so a lot of pressure, but uh, we'll be um, 
we need to enjoy because we have uh, more than uh, four runners this weekend. Scazino, uh, Rougier, uh, Silly um, Kenway, and uh, maybe maybe a two years old, but uh, the, the most important maybe is Silly yes. Silly uh, is almost certainly the most high profile. Uh, the champion two-year-old of, of last year in France, brilliant in the in the Jean-Luc Lagardère. How would you describe his his season this year? Um, he did a big uh, start of the season, uh, um, a big race in Jockey Club, just uh, close to Saint Marc Basilica. Saint Marc Basilica is actually the best world best horse world. so we have uh, some hopes for the end of the season for Silly Way he's in good form actually uh, his trainer think uh, the distance will switch so yeah we have uh, we are confident because he's he loves the uh, 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 all the ground uh, fast ground or, or like uh, the ground will be uh, this weekend so we are confident you're confident of a big run from Sealyway, who will ride him? Um, Franck Blondel will ride, will ride him in uh, Jockey Club. So he rides him every morning. He knows him well, so we choose to, to keep him on, uh, on the saddle. And because he's had only a few runs this season, do you think he might be a bit fresher than some of the others? Yeah, that, uh, that may be an advantage because he had uh, not too much races this year. So, yeah, it will be fresh uh, for a good gape. Of the other horses you run, I know you're excited about Scazino. Just tell me why. Yeah, Scazino is a lovely big horse. Um, we had a lot of success this year with him since we chose to try the long distance. Uh, actually, I think he's uh, the best stayer in France. Um he loves uh, fast ground and uh, heavy ground, so will be uh, heavy maybe this weekend. So we are we are we are confident because it's easy off in races. It can be in front. It can it, it can wait. Uh, he had uh, he has a big acceleration. So like we saw in Kergorle, wasn't uh, an easy race, uh, but he, he won. So. He's a solid uh, contender for the victory. Um, how do you assess his chances if Stradivarius goes over to France? Can wait to see him uh, in France because it's a magnificent horse uh, with a lot of success. Uh, maybe the best uh, stayer in Europe. So yeah, can wait to see him and uh, to uh, to be in the same race. Uh, with uh, our horses. And how exciting is it for, for you to have so many runners on, on Arc Weekend as a, a relatively new owner? That's incredible. We are very lucky to have more than a four-runner uh, this weekend. Uh, everybody knows that not easy to have one, <laughs> but we are four. And maybe with a, I think with a, chance uh casino has a big chance as he was actually for for us the best three years old in france um rougier rougier she she's uh, incredible she always here uh, uh she's a very good finish she deserves um her group one uh 
if uh, if the prix de l'opéra um, can be uh, with a lot of pace uh, with the uh, England contender and Irish contender, she will be uh, very happy. Uh, Pauline, thanks so much for talking to me. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you, Nick. Bye-bye. Right, Jane, Goff's Orby sale, day one. We've seen the great and the good are, are at Goff's um, looking at horses yesterday. There's a, a bit of buzz about this, isn't there? There really is, because again, this time last year, Goff's was being held at uh, Doncaster and not uh, Kildare Paddocks, where it traditionally is. And the Orby sale is a very important sale for Irish bloodstock. You know, we've the best of our flat horses going to Kildare Paddocks and hopefully the best of, of purchasers going along there too. Um, I know hotels around the Kildare area have been booked out for quite some time. That's usually a good sign. We've had some good flag bearers for the Orby sale do the sale proud this year, I suppose most notably Mother Earth being a graduate of the sale. But looking at the book, there's been some notable updates already this uh, last month or this month. Uh, uh, siblings to Perfect Power in Luxembourg Weren't those vendors delighted to see those results last weekend? Siblings to Poetic Flair Channel, Los Vindices and Lucky Vega. So there are lots of pedigree um, updates, but lots of, you know, we, you would imagine there could be fireworks here because it has all the right ingredients. The Goss Orby sale, as, as I said, a coveted sale here in Ireland. And the most important thing is that it's back at its HQ. Time for our usual bloodstock segment, and it ties in very well this week with day one of the Goffs Orby sale. Here's Nick. It's Tuesday. We go around the bloodstock world with our friends at Weatherby's. Weatherby's research and edit more sales catalogue pedigrees than anyone in the world from their database of over 2 million thoroughbreds. And among their clients is Goffs, of course, whose flagship Orby sale gets underway today. And it's exactly where I'm going to be for the next two days and very much looking forward to it. It's my pleasure to introduce once again uh, Henry Beebe, who's the group chief executive of Goffs. And the day before, the night before, the morning of the Goffs Orby sale... Tell me how you normally feel, Henry. Well, if I was a horse, I'd be I'd be returned for all the vices in the world because uh, when you get to this stage, you can't really do much more about it other than just get up and auction them. Um, so we're, we're 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 quietly hopeful. We're obviously nervous because all the work's been done, um, and it's really then down to the the horses really and the purchasers as to what they think. But I think we're in relatively good shape. We've got a lovely bunch of horses. Now I would say that wouldn't I? But that's what the purchasers are telling me. Uh, vendors have supported us really well and the wonderful thing about this year which is notable over maybe previous years is there was no certainty about what was going to happen given the, the world in which we live at the moment so it's it's just delightful to be back for what is the Irish National Healing Sale back in County Kildare and Kildare Paddocks because that was in doubt earlier in the year and of course last year we had to hold the sale in the United Kingdom. I'm told there's no no hotel room available in the in the local area is that right? Yeah, I think I've got people on my sofa, I think, at this rate. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly they're packed out. We have a huge bunch of potential purchases, so they haven't come just for the, just for the fun of it, although there will be a bit of fun as well. Um, so I'm hoping they like what they see and they have their, their buying boots on. And uh, so far this autumn, we've seen strong sales in various places, not least uh, the Goss UK Premier Sale uh, that we held in Doncaster. Uh, so we're hopeful that uh, continues on in the next few days. Obviously, in the run-up to any sale like this, particularly one of the, the great elite-recognised sales such as the, the Orby, you're keeping a close eye on what's happening in, in the pattern races throughout Europe and, and North America. Uh, has there been anything that's um, lifted everybody's spirits over the last few days? 
Oh yeah, I mean Saturday was a very good day. There were there were there were updates all over the place. I mean we've we've resisted a perfect power here, um, and uh, uh, obviously Caravaggio had a great result with plenty of Caravaggios in the sale. Uh, and um, there's been there's been a lot of very good updates which which help. And you know these are, these are pedigrees that are evolving all the time. They look they look the part. So uh, as they get better and better, hopefully interest increases. Just tell me a little bit more about the selection process for a sale like this. Mm-hmm. Well, what we do is at the start of the year, we send out a, a marketing document to all potential vendors, essentially anybody who might consider selling a yearling in, in Britain or Ireland uh, later in the year. Uh, people then, Some vendors then send back nominations, say, we'd like you to consider this bunch of horses. Uh, some breeders say, just come to the farm and look and we'll discuss. Uh, and then through all through May and early June, we then have a team of us go around all the farms, uh, mainly in Ireland, but we also go across Europe and into England as well, but mainly Ireland for the Orby sale. Uh, we travel around and we, we, we look at some horses in a yard, we look at some horses out in the field, and we work with uh, leading Irish breeders to select what we think and they think uh, will be the best horses for the sale. And we distill down, we probably see about three and a half, four thousand yearlings and we distill that down with working with the breeders at all times uh, to our catalogue, which this year numbered 440. Um, and we're looking for two days of the best we can find uh, that hit a certain target. Um, until last year, we've been consecutive years, four or five years before that, we'd had a six-figure average, a seven-figure top price. Uh, the sale did did um, stutter last year uh, with everything that was going on, but we hope we're back on track again this year. Is there such a thing as an Orby horse? Do, I mean, do you go around and say that that is an Orby type horse? Are you thinking about what kind of races that horse is going to win in terms of distance and quality and uh, country of, of origin and so forth? Yeah, we're looking. We're essentially looking for. We we aspire to sell classic horses, and it's a proud boast of Goss that I don't. I think there's been one year in the in the entire 15 years I've been with Goss that hasn't been hasn't been a classic winner. At least one European classic winner out of ourselves this year. Our cover horse is Mother Earth, who cost 120,000 euro here when sold to MV Magda. Uh, by her breeder and we have a sister to Mother Earth in this sale as well as a sister to Poetic Flair. So it's it's really classic pedigrees and this year we've added um, to the sale uh, race which is will be Europe's richest two-year-old race run at the car on the Saturday before next year's sale. That will only be open to the yearlings that are sold over the next two days here in Goss. It's only open to all the yearlings. That's a seven furlong two-year-old race. And seven furlong two-year-olds are what we aspire to sell because then hopefully that's the stepping stone onto the classic distances as, as a three-year-old. So we're looking for the classic horse that doesn't rule out a sharp early type. It doesn't doesn't rule out a, a horse that gets a, gets a bigger trip. But the classic or, or the, 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 the horse we're really aiming at is the classic uh, a horse with classic pretensions to be sold here, whether it's Colts or Phillies. Um, and Henry, I... I know it's early, early to say because the sale hasn't started just yet and you know, I don't want to, to start tempting fate on your behalf, but the sort of overall feeling from what we've had already this autumn is that, as you say, that the market is, is holding up quite well. Why, why do you think there is such resilience in the face of so many obvious challenges? Well, there seems to be a belief that people were locked down, as we all were, it's nobody's fault, but we were all locked down for so long that people weren't able to have fun and they weren't able to spend. So they didn't spend their disposable income They and the, the people have built up a bit of, a, a bit of money, but also... There is this, you know, we've been locked down for so long, we can now go back to race courses and get involved and interact with people. And therefore, there's a hunger for 
for enjoyment, for fun, for and to spend disposable income. And you know, if you if if like you and like me, one of the things that in life that excites you is watching thoroughbred racehorses on on the best race courses, then that's what you're going to do. And happily, we've seen whether it's been at Arcana in France or Doncaster in England or Saratoga and Keeneland in the United States. We've seen a, a, a real bounce after the difficulties of last year. And, you know, all the team here at Goss and all the vendors here are hoping that, that that bounce continues over the next few days. Henry, thanks so much for your time and best of luck. See you later. And episode 12 of the Bloodstock Bulletin with Gina Bryce will be available from 9pm this evening. So don't miss that. This weekend, it's not just all about the art. We also on Saturday have the King of Bahrain Sun Chariot Stakes, the Group 1, part of the British Champion Series at Newmarket. And Jane Chappelheim has confirmed that that is Saffron Beach's likely target, or definite target, as opposed to going abroad for the, say, the EP Taylor. I caught up with her a little bit earlier on to ask how the Philly Saffron Beach is. Yeah, she's in really good order, very pleased with her. Um, after Sandown, she had an easy 10 days and then we've built her back up again and so far, touch wood, everything's good. Were you more nervous going into Sandown because of what had gone before compared to, say, the Oaks where perhaps you felt like you had nothing to lose? Yeah, a little bit, but she had galloped well going into Sandown, so... You like to think that it was a penalty kick, but you still got to go and, and do it. So, yeah, but I knew I knew Holly had confidence in her because she had come and sat on her, so she knew what she had under her, so that was good. You mentioned about it being a confidence booster for the filly. Um, have, you, have you seen any of that at home, or do you only find out on her next start, if you know what I mean? No, she's full of herself at the moment, so she knows she's the Queen Bee here and in the gallop, so pleased in that sense. Yeah, and her character has got bolder, and um, she's up for it on Saturday. And and do you think, or, or what do you think about Saturday? Obviously, you're going back up into the, the, the highest level, but what do you think about the yes. race or suit? I think it suits because it is, you know, just down the road. Um, she's had four races there, two wins and two seconds. So we know she acts on the track. And I suppose if you think we're going to get a lot of rain, um, the Oso Sharp last year was run on soft ground. So I suppose we're not worried about that. Just wouldn't want it to be heavy like the Oaks because that's a different extreme of going and if you just before this um step back up into group one company just reflect on her season as a whole how do you feel about it so far Jane well we started off fantastic and then we we sort of peaked at the guineas and then we had a lull and now we're, we're back on the peak again I feel um what happened in the Oaks I had to take it on the chin because I wanted her to run but I didn't expect that heavy track. So, you know, Adam looked after her in the last two furlongs. He wasn't overly hard on her, but she wasn't suited by the heavy going. Um, but now we're into just about October, and um, last year this was her her season and so her month, and I think it's going to be the same this month. I see you'd mentioned the EP Taylor. Um do you still have an ambition to go abroad with her? Would you like to? Um, well, that's the great thing about having two very good owners in James Wigan and Ben Sankster. 
you know, they've had experiences with the EP Taylor and we all decided that it was better that it would be as a four-year-old plan, not as a three-year-old. So that was good to, you know, all talk it out. And um, I don't know. We'll have to see what Saturday brings. But I suppose, I suppose next year is really going to be her travel when they're stronger and wiser and, and you know, can take it all after a three-year-old campaign. So she stays in training. That's good. Yeah, no, that's lovely. Yep, she stays in training, and so does the other filly I've got, Belosa. So that's nice to go into the winter with knowing that they're both going to be here. That's pleasing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, I suppose if the worst comes to the worst and the horse box hasn't got any fuel, you could always walk her down to the Roly Mile, right, this weekend? Yeah, uh, I think you'd rather ride her up than walk her up. She'd be a bit of a <laughs> crocodile, a bit of a handful. But... Um, I've kept, I've got two boxes. I've kept one box with a quarter of a tank so that I can get up there and not get stranded because we don't have any diesel at the um, two petrol stations in Newmarket, although the Tesco's one has it, but you've got to be the early bird to get there. And, of course, we're all working in the morning, so um, we'll be right. And um, and then the, we've got the big company like NRT and Rapido, I'm sure they're all booked out for racing and weekend, getting horses. And if we've got to share boxes, then I'm sure everyone will get together and do that because, you know, want to get the horses to the tracks, don't so, we? So this is where you are at the, at the moment, the, the you know, the, the huge training hub that is Newmarket. Is, are, are people, there's genuine concern going forward as to, to how long this goes on for, right? Getting horses to the track, it, it, it's going to become harder and harder. Yeah, it's like for a Monday I booked a box for Wolverhampton on Sunday evening because I just feel uh, maybe the transport companies have their own source of diesel and whereas queuing for an hour, I queued 43 minutes today to fill my car up and um, we just don't know how long it's going to go on. The BP station down the road hasn't had diesel or petrol since Friday, so I mean I... On Saturday evening, went to Chelmsford in the horse box with the jockey Robert Tart and my staff. So you got to, yeah, you got to think outside the box and be sensible, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad we got over the well global pandemic ish, and um, yes. there's always a new challenge around the corner. Yeah, that's good. And Saturday's one for Saffron Beach. So yeah. let's hope let's hope she um, does well. And um, whatever the going, she'll she'll be in the shake-up, I'm sure. The way her fitness level and how she's thriving, she'll be in the shake-up. Pretty sure about that. Jane Mangan, good to hear from Jane Chapel. Hi, I'm there. Uh, she is sending the, the filly back to uh, the scene of many a good run for her with uh, a good deal of confidence, I think, for all she's hoping that, that bundles of rain doesn't materialise. It as you'd expect, looks on paper like an incredibly strong race with the likes of Snow Lantern, Alcohol Free, Mother Earth, No Speak, Alexander, Saffron Beach and the like. Yes, multiple Group 1 winners in opposition, but Saffron Beach deserves her chance to get that elusive Group 1. She was obviously the back of the scene of where she was second to Mother Earth in the Guinea, which what seems a very long time ago, but at the beginning of the year. Uh, she's a very talented Philly Saffron Beach. Her rating of 109 lets, uh, lets us know that. But it does also suggest that she has plenty to find with Snow Lantern and Alcohol Free and Mother Earth. 
But uh, I'm looking forward to see her try again at the top level. If she gets her optimum conditions, she will be a force to be reckoned with, but she will have to put up by far a career best to get near those aforementioned fillies. Uh, this is a good renewal of the race, and I am interested to see if no speak Alexander does take her chance how she matches up because, of course, there was so much controversy surrounding her matron stakes win. I wonder, does she ever really get the credit she deserves? So if she can put those two runs together against class fillies like Alcohol Free, Snow Lantern and Mother Earth, that would be uh, a huge credit to her. But I'm a huge Alcohol Free fan. I have been all year. The only blip she had last time was behind Mishriff in the Judd month. And let's be honest, 10 furlongs perhaps was always going to stretch her. And in a month where confirmed that her damn flying will be going to Goffs in Lope de Vega at the end of the year. It's all about alcohol-free and her family. Uh, Jane also referenced the issue of no fuel over here and how if this carries on, we're going to see um, big problems getting horses to the races. It's something Nick touched on on the, the pod yesterday. I feel that plenty of times we've spoken, Jane, I've been looking over at Irish counterparts saying, oh, goodness, they can't get crowds back into the race course. Well, you can dish it out back to us and say they might not be able to get horses to the race course. I mean, what, what, I take it this is, there's no such problems over in Ireland. And what do you make of it all? I can hardly believe it. I was obviously in the UK for a few days last week and looking at the queues, the, the police having to direct traffic, people not only filling their vehicles, but filling tankers in the boot of their vehicles, being completely greedy. It is um, panic stations in the UK and the, the long and the short of it seems you just have a shortage of drivers. The, the, the supply of fuel is what's most important and there doesn't seem to be an issue with getting the fuel into the country. It's just getting it around to the various stations. So it's a big worry for people not only trying to get to the races, but can you imagine prepping a horse for a sale and not being able to get it to the sale? Things like that. It is getting uh, to be a logistical nightmare. And God knows it's probably going to get worse before it gets better for you guys. Um, yeah. Good to hear as I look out at the, the car outside with about 40 miles on the clock. Um, excellent. I can get to work today, Jane. But will I be staying there and sleeping there? We'll see. Jane, all that's left is for you to give our faithful listeners a tip. I'm staying local and I'm going to Cork. My local racetrack here, we're going for the 335 of Formoy Maiden, where Johnny Murta saddles New York Angel from Mark Dobbin. 2-3 is the maiden form so far, second to Empress Josephine. I hope that she can go one better at 3.35 this afternoon. Jane, lovely stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks to everyone at home for listening. I will be back tomorrow and then Nick on Thursday. Don't forget to rate us, please review and subscribe. Makes it much easier to listen each and every day. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and thoroughbred racing commentary. Mm-hmm.